Welcome to the seventh episode of BAI Communication Smart Communities podcast, where we speak with business leaders and industry experts to ask them what the future holds for connectivity. In the first part of this two-part episode, we are excited to be joined by Liz St. Louis, Assistant Director of Smart Cities at Sunderland City Council. Interviewing her is Paul Osborne, Chief Commercial Officer, BAI Communications UK. In part one, Liz and Paul discuss the 20-year strategic partnership between BAI and Sunderland City Council, and how together they are building the UK's most advanced smart city. In October of last year, Sunderland City Council and BAI um, announced a 20-year partnership to deliver uh, smart cities in, in the Sunderland area. And uh, we're all really excited by that. So how did we end up in this 20-year relationship? And, and why is it important? <laughs> It was just a natural continuation, really, of the smart city journey in Sunderland. Um, as you know, Paul, we've been on our, our quest uh, to deliver, a, you know, to, to go on our journey towards a smart city since um, about the, the springtime of 2019. We'd made some quite considerable progress in terms of underlying connectivity, in terms of those real transformational use cases that make a, a difference to our, our residents, our, our businesses and those that visit Sunderland. But we'd reached a point where we really needed to think about, about scale, um, about really kind of turbocharging, I guess, our efforts. And we decided at that point that we really needed to seek the support of a, a strategic partner to really help us on our journey and really help us to realise um, some very significant ambitions that we had. And so we went out to the marketplace in, in November 2020 now, um, and we started that uh, that journey looking for a strategic partner and really pleased that, you know, BAI stuck with us through to the end of that and we concluded dialogue there in, in August 2021. Yeah, and there was some heavy lifting. That was a, it was a heavy lift year for both of us, I think. Yeah, it certainly was. But I think, you know, that was necessary. You know, we entered into, a, as you say, a 20-year strategic partnership, a significant investment on both sides. And then when we got to the end of the process, we were, but you know, both of us, both sides were really, really clear what it was that we wanted to collectively achieve and um, what, you know, individually we needed to bring to the party to, to, to meet those joint amb- ambitions. And I think that really speeded things up in terms of then getting to a, a contractual position that we were mutually agreeable upon and then absolutely into delivery, which has been a really exciting part of this from October and just how quickly we've managed to hit the ground running, actually, because of all of that time that we spent in, in dialogue and, and really, you know, thinking through our future. I think it was a really interesting time. I think we've come out of it, in my view, with a really well-structured partnership that I think, you know, re- really puts skin in the game for both of us. And I think that's a really, you know, a key part of the partnership for me is that we're both sharing, I think, risk and reward on this. And how important has that been to the council? It, it really was such an important part for us. We didn't we didn't want just a contractual partner. We didn't want a concession a, arrangement. We wanted a true partner to go into this, to share risk, to share reward, but to really work through those kind of transformational and innovation use cases together. You know, we believe that we bring, you know, very unique contributions to this partnership. So, you know, we're delighted that, you know, we have managed to partner with, with BAI Communications. You bring with you such a pedigree, you know, a global leader in communications, you know, some of the, the you know, fabulous work across the globe. And to um, to include Sunderland now on your on your pin on your map, um, we're really, really proud of, of that. And, and I think then the council bring with, with us, you know, a, a kind of pedigree in terms of our role as community leaders 
you know, we've brought, brought forward a number of our partners across the city who are now engaging really actively in the partnership. But also, I think the traction of the work that we've done, we were we were on our smart city journey. We had been for a couple of years. And I think you saw in that a real value and a real value that you could add to quite quickly because we were on that journey and we had a number of use cases already underway um, and a number of use cases where we were requiring advanced connectivity. Um, so we'd, you know, taken a foray into our first private 5G network, you know, working under the DCMS 5G Cal uh, funding, etc. So I think that uh, that traction um, probably um, was was appealing to you as as well as us being, a, you know, a, a reasonably large city, a population of uh, of around 278,000. So reasonably large, but yet small enough and agile enough in order to make a difference and make a difference quite quickly. We love the strategy that the council put together and the people, you know, you and your team are fantastic to work with. And that was really important to us. Um, you know, it's it, it, it the, the program has to, you have to have trust in the people you're going to work alongside. And we developed that from a very early days, which is great for us. Um, and we'll, we talked about the use case there, but we'll come back to that in a, in a little while, if that's okay. Just, I'm really interested to talk about the, 20 year aspect of this i think you know other people may be interested in why you've taken such a long-term view of that from bai perspective that was one of the things we found really compelling but it might be interesting just to bring that out for people because others have not always taken such a long-term view of that so be interested in what the thinking was and how the council managed to get into that position i mean i think paul a you know, really good question but you know a long-term partnership had, had always been there for us from from the outset of the work and um, quite the, the the format and the nature of that partnership morphed and changed as we understood more about the marketplace and what we were able to achieve um, but the long-term nature of the partnership incredibly important you know you can't build a smart city overnight the kind of significant investment in infrastructure doesn't repay itself overnight you know we have made some really good traction over the last couple of years and certainly within the first five months of, of working with you guys um, but this is, you know, this is long haul stuff um, and we wanted a partner that would be in it for the long haul and would um, put skin in the game as well. And um, we talk about risk and reward and joint risk and reward. And the only way to do that for us is to have that that long term partnership, that long term arrangement. Yeah, certainly from our perspective, obviously, we, you know, we're backed by um, CPPIB as our uh, main shareholder, Canadian Pension Plan Investment Board. So long, you know, long term is really what they do. There's long term investment. So really compelling for us. And I think anybody else, any other cities thinking about about that journey, I think that's a really important aspect for them to think about. That it is a long term commitment. I think all, we just hit it off really, and um, yeah. you know, all of our conversations were very beneficial. It didn't feel like we were sat at two separate sides of the table. I have to say, even though. You know, because of COVID, all of our dialogues were, were undertaken remotely, um, but it, it, it never felt like a, like a them and us. It just felt like we were coming around the table to discuss, you know, the outcomes we were trying to achieve. And it felt, you know, from the early days, we were all very, very focused on those outcomes. Yeah. And whilst the underlying connectivity is incredibly important, let's face it, it's the foundation stone. We can't go on and deliver anything without that underlying connectivity. I think we were all focused actually on what that could bring and the transformational use cases that we'd be able to deliver once we had that underpinning connectivity and therefore better outcomes for, for residents, for businesses, for people that come and live, work and, and play in Sunderland. 
Great. Yeah. Well, let's talk about that infrastructure now, then, Liz, if that's okay. So I, I think it, look, it, it does underpin this, and it's it, it's not it's not the um, it's the means to the end rather than the end itself. But it's it's really important. So do, do you want to describe, in your words, you know, what it is we're building this network of networks that we've talked about? Yeah, yeah. And it is just that. It's a network of networks. Sometimes people focus very much on on 5G. It's the buzz, isn't it? The, the moment of the day. Um, but for us, it is that network of networks. And we can do so much as a local authority um, with with a variety of those. We'd already started to deliver um, ultra fast free Wi-Fi um, for particular areas of, of our city. Um, and that's been incredibly beneficial. You know, some of the fastest download speeds in the country when we first started and, and providing that free connectivity, really, really important and particularly, you know, benefiting the, the leaving no one and nowhere behind, which is so important to Sunderland. And um, so we've asked BAI in the first instance to help us expand that ultra fast free network to take that on board um, and to to um, to broaden that as we go. So for us, that's an incredibly important part of the of the network of networks, as is the citywide LoRaWAN. Um, the long-range, low-powered um, network, uh, really the IoT, Internet of Things backbone, um, and that's going to cover all of Sunderland, the whole of the Sunderland borough. And working with um, with the guys, we've um, that's been designed to be to be fairly um, intense, so it can penetrate, so it can support our initiatives such as assistive technologies and reach into people's homes. And then it is about 5G as well. So uh, as well, we are developing a, a 5G um, outdoor private network and that will cover our, our city centre in a new urban quarter called Riverside that we're developing. Um, and again, that will bring us a whole host of benefits that we're um, we're starting to, to realise now. And the idea is we build an initial phase um, of networks and then as we go and we are already um, expanding those now as we're speaking to different uh, organisations and institutions across the city um, and certainly um, across the council as well through a number of, um, of, of physical regeneration um, instances that we are we are progressing so um, that will build and grow and ultimately and again coming back to our 20-year partnership it is about achieving ubiquitous um, connectivity, advanced wireless connectivity right across the city. And that's our aim. Ultimately, of course, working with mobile network operators as well and their national rollout programs, but really, really keen and always have been on, on the 5G neutral host. I'll just pause a second, just call out. There's a few people I think to call out along the way in this, a lot of this um, service that we're provided be enabled by City Fibre. They're de deploying a, a large fibre network throughout the city and we're going to be using that as part of the backbone. Um, Avenue, who are going to help us with the, with the 5G cells, um, WHP, who are helping with the build, AWTG, who are helping with the design, and KBR, who are obviously uh, the local guys who are helping us do a great job on that Wi-Fi. So I think there's, you know, it's it's not just about BAI and it's not just about it's not just about the council. There's a an ecosystem out there who are really stepping up to help us on this, and and the, everybody in that partnership has really you know leaned in to help us not cush on i nearly forgot connection right connection you know, really you know that that iot platform that we're going to develop and deploy is going to be a key enabler for us as well so some great partners and i think everybody has um grabbed the spirit of this and, and really leaned into to helping us uh develop the vision but also get on with the execution you know we we're on target for delivering what we have to deliver this year and, and everybody's very excited about it yeah, no, incredibly excited. I, I can't tell you how excited we are getting now to start, you know, seeing some of the kit arriving in Sunderland and all getting excited about seeing the first 
small cell on the lamppost or <laughs> the first kind of, uh, you know, kick going into the data center, et cetera, because it's, um, it's real. You know, we've been talking about this for a, a long, long time. Um, and, um, you know, our first phase is very much sponsored uh, by government. And, and that's really helpful um, for us in terms of, you know, the investment to create that, that first um, part of the underlying infrastructure. Um, so, yes, some very stringent timescales, but really pleased that we've managed to focus on those. And absolutely, we're on track to, uh, to achieve that. Yeah, well, you know, do you want to talk briefly about that, Liz? Because, you know, I think government funding is, plays a key role in enabling this. And I think, you know, gov- government support is really critical to the successes that, that we're going to build upon. Absolutely, Paul. I, I think it's about the benefits of being able to, to combine public funding with private sector investment, which is exactly what we've done here. We've bid into government for funds on a number of occasions and, and we've been successful. So, you know, um, I, I touched on it earlier, but the... Um, the, the Department uh, for Communities, um, the, the, the new levelling up uh, uh, department there, um, sponsored us to the tune of four and a half million pounds to create some physical infrastructure at Riverside, but also the first of our network of networks in the, in the city centre and across Riverside, the, um, the citywide uh, Laura Wan um, and some initial sensor deployments as well. So incredibly helpful. And <clears throat> without that, you know, we wouldn't have been to, uh, able to enter the marketplace in such a strong position. And without that, potentially, we wouldn't have attracted such a, a global player such as yourselves. So, you know, that was incredibly timely, um, but incredibly important for our journey. And then, um, you know, uh, DCMS as well, their 5G Create Fund, which we bid into in the summer of 2020, you know, that enabled us to really get going and, and that enabled us to form a consortia and build our first private 5G network in the city in between Vantec and Nissan, it's about last mile of supply. It's about automating a 40-ton truck and removing the, the safety driver, as we know, through um, teleoperations and through the power of 5G. And that, you know, is incredibly important for our region. And we employ 30,000 people locally at our advanced manufacturing plant and, uh, uh, you know, within the city. Um, so anything we can do to ensure that is, you know, remains the most productive you know, set of manufacturing plants and, and keeps the jobs in the region is incredibly important. So, yeah, public um, funding, really, really important for us. Um, more recently, we've uh, we've announced that, again, as part of a consortia with the North of Time, we've won in, uh, into another fund, which is, again, DCMS-sponsored, and that's around creating a digital platform for assets. And um, BAI, of course, have offered us their sponsorship and, and letters of support with that. Um, so again, it's something that's important to the journey. It's something that we'll continue to do and where we have use cases that we're progressing and we can get government funding to support the agenda. We'll continue to uh, to bid in there. Yeah, no, I agree with you. I think very important that, that role that government funding has played. So as we touched briefly on um, some of the outcomes that are ahead of us there, I think a great place to start would be if you could um, tell us a bit about some of the specific uh, challenges that Sunderland as a community faces and you know, some of the areas that we're really hoping we can help to be part of the solution for, for the community. So I think that, that really sets the framework for when we start to talk about some of the outcomes, it, it really starts to bring that to life. Yeah, absolutely, Paul. And I think as a, as a city in the northeast of England, you know, we, we share many challenges um, uh, with neighbouring authorities, certainly around things like the health and um, and the education and, and digital skills and enterprise agendas. Um, but what that brings with it for us is a whole host of opportunity as well. So a number of our, our priorities that we've agreed with, with yourselves and through our joint innovation board 
um, which, as you know, both of our, our chief executives sit on that board and drive forward the innovation in the city, which is, um, again, you know, a, a, a great opportunity for us. Um, is really addressing at the heart of those. So, you know, for us, health and, and social care um, and improving outcomes is is a key priority. So straight away, we identified, you know, um, health and social care as one of our innovation use cases and really pleased that now we're, we're delivering a number of work streams in, in that space and, and really see some opportunity to start to make a, a really big difference. Of course, building on some of the fantastic work that my colleagues had already done in establishing assistive technologies in the city. And I think at the last count, and it grows every time I look at the figures, but we had assistive tech out in over 2,200 properties right across the city. You know, but challenges for us are now in terms of scaling that. We want to scale that. So so all properties, you know, um, where relevant can benefit from that. And that's where the expertise of, of BAI can really come in and stand us in good stead in terms of that underpinning connectivity required you know, the, the, the digital and data solutions. And I think one of the things, again, extremely beneficial is that the AI are technology agnostic, you know, so you don't really care about the end tech. What you care about is the outcomes and understanding the right components, the right digital architecture to be able to uh, to develop the solutions, you know, required for us. Um, so that's been in a really important area for us. Um, as has, and I touched on before, advanced manufacturing, such an important sector for us here in Sunderland and has been so successful, you know, with, with Nissan and all of the supply chain to Nissan, um, such a, such an important part of the region. So again, working with, with a number of the sectors up at our advanced manufacturing plant and again, understanding the difference that we can make and understanding how can we build on the successes and that we have, um, been able to realize so far with our connected automated logistics. And pilot up there. Um, but again, very much in terms of education and skills, and we've got um, active work ongoing with our college, with our university, with Sunderland Software City, um, with our Together for Children's Arm Length Children's Company, really raising aspirations of children and young people in the city and helping them to understand the pathways required in order for them to to, to really benefit from a, a viable future career in tech. And then very much in terms of digital enterprise as well. And in fact, very, very recently, we've agreed to a, an IoT 5G accelerator, which we're going to be developing over the coming months. And, and as you say, you know, incredibly excited to have the first network of networks live over the summer um, this year. And um, we want to encourage local people to come and be part of that and be able to, to you know, to look at how they can then potentially develop new products and services and bring those to market, working on the foundations that we've already placed in the city. When we talked about uh, uh, assistive care, I think, you know, everybody gets excited that, you know, the council, it's a big funding uh, element of what the council spends, keeping people in in care homes, in hospitals, who who potentially could be back at home with the right level of support uh, um, from from families and, and, and from the social community. We've talked about a vision uh, where, you know, the, the person can be out of that care home or out of hospital in at home and we can you know, have a level of an app that can work with their families that can let them know that, you know, mum has opened the curtains that day, she's got out of bed, you know, that, that level of information can be passed into families and in that, that enables families to be able to care for their own in, in the community as well as community support. And as you said, there's a couple of thousand homes already uh, started well on that journey with the communications and, and the networks that we'll build will just increase our ability to do that and expand at scale. 
Um, as you said, you know, it's not really about the tech. You know, we're trying to find just the right solutions and the right partners to make sure we can deliver on those outcomes. And 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 that's a real, you know, for me, that was really exciting when we started to talk because being able to build a, an infrastructure solution that has such a powerful outcome in the community, not just for the individuals concerned, but also for the ability to redirect that public money into areas that we can, you know, we can look to invest further. And so you end up with a multiplying effect of those kind of services. So really exciting, I think. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, it's a it's a challenge that, that most local authorities face. You know, we've got growing populations, you know, uh, people are living longer, you know, people are needing care. And actually, for most people, you know, wanting to stay in their own home, having the ability to stay in their own home and keep safe and well for as long as possible, you know, yeah. is, um, is, is absolutely what people want. Um, but likewise, as you say, when people unfortunately have to go in to hospital for, for um, care or, you know, perhaps in, in for, for, for short term rehabilitation, etc., um, it's having the right technologies and the right blend of, of, um, of, of technology and human care in order to, to provide that right level of support for people. And there's such a lot yeah. we can do these days um, with technology as well. So um, some of the case studies are, are so, so powerful um, that my colleagues in, in social care have, um, have produced and, and just what an absolute transformation it can make to individuals' lives. Um, and it is really humbling, actually, to be able to work in an area that you can see such great you know achievements, such great outcomes. And I'll go back to partnership, Paul, because... You know, in the first five months of our engagement since um, since we became official, um, you yep. know, again, it's been such a great partnership approach where we've, you know, held a number of workshops now with our social care colleagues. You know, we're all around the table. Yep. We're all getting into it together. We're all, you know, better defining the ambitions, the challenges, yet the opportunities um, and, and each of us bringing something that's that's our own kind of unique contribution to the table that's making that you know, that end solution so, so powerful um, that... Uh, yeah, it's that end-to-end view, isn't it? It is, and yeah. it's absolutely great yeah. to be part of, Paul. Yeah.